2: good evening and welcome to charlotte live this is the big match preview the final big match preview of the 2021-22 season, my name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well and joining me on this week's show to look ahead to the final day of the season away at Ipswich
3: Town. First up, Mr. Benji Cloak. How you doing, Ben? Yes, mate. All good. Thank you very much. Yourself? Yeah, bu-
2: yeah, buzzing for the season to be over. I think is. I'll say that now. I'll give it, give it, give it a week, and I want it back. Really, won't I? Yes,
3: yeah, quite a long end to the season. Uh, till pre-season starts, isn't it? End of April, yeah. the season finishing. So yeah, it's been a long time coming, and so nice to get it over and done with now.
2: Yeah, and also joining us to discuss that uh, long-awaited end of the campaign is Lewis Cat. How do you doing, Lou? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all right. Are you glad to dis- that it's over now? We can focus on the future.
1: I am, yeah, but I'm also a bit like you, where I know that in a couple of weeks' time I'll be I'll be missing it. But yeah, it's definitely been a been a season to forget, that's for sure. Mm,
2: yeah, we haven't even got the, uh, the the World Cup to look forward to. We've got away all the way to December, so I will have my hands full with a baby, I guess. But that's not as exciting as football, is it? Um, right. So on uh, this week's uh, big match preview, as I said, we'll look ahead to that game uh, with Ipswich later on. We're going to hear from Jacko with it being the last. Uh, Last uh, BNP of the show, Uh, Jacko was uh, asked by Terry today to sort of have a look ahead uh, or a look back, I should say, at the campaign uh, overall. So we're going to hear from Jacko on that, discuss a bit of that uh, ourselves. Uh, There was a reward during the week for Deji Aleraway, the uh, League One Apprentice uh, of the Year. So we're going to hear from Deji uh, what that meant to him. Uh, We've got your emails uh, and your three-word reviews of the season as well coming up. I'm looking forward to to that bit. I always love a bit of fan interaction uh, on the show, and as you can imagine, some of the uh, three-word reviews uh, Uh, very much to the point. Uh, So we'll get to that later on. Don't forget the women's team playing at the Valley on Sunday. We're going to hear from Beth Rowe and Ella Rutherford uh, before that game uh, against Durham. And then, as I said, we'll look ahead to that match uh, with Ipswich. Hearing from uh, Jacko once more, I did ask him a little bit about um, Daniel Karnu as well uh, during Press Day today. I know a few of you were curious to see if he might get slightly longer uh, game time than he did over the weekend where he basically came on for about 30 seconds. So you'll hear Jacko's answer uh, on that later on. But it is time to take a look back. You know, we're going into this game on Saturday, hoping that we can secure 12th spot, which is not what I thought I'd be saying uh, at the start of the season. And, and possibly when we were 22nd in uh, in October, something I'd hoped I was saying uh, at that point, when it, by the time it came to the end of the season. But realistically, overall, the campaign hasn't uh, been anywhere near good enough. Um, so, Jacko was asked to have a look back at it uh, today. I mean, I mean, Terry did point out that, bizarrely, and I, I did find this stat slightly surprising, that we've kept um, 16 clean sheets out of our 45 league games so far. Uh, which is the 7th best in the league, and we actually have overall, as it stands, the 11th best defence uh, in the league, which sort of makes sense with us sitting 11, like 12th, so around where we'd expect to be. But the fact we're so, we've had so many clean sheets, and therefore in other games, because he did quite a few, is a bit of a tough one to take. But Terry did ask uh, Jacko uh, to look back on the season overall, uh, focusing, uh, starting off uh, with that strange clean sheet fact.
4: Yeah, I think I think there's been there's been some successes uh, on the pitch, and we, you know we've had decent number of those. You want more, and if you're going to get promoted, which is what we want, obviously next season, then there, there needs to be more clean sheets and, and less goals conceded and, and more scored. So we want more of everything. Um, but you know, when we have got um, the right people with, uh, in the right positions on the pitch, and um, we're well organised, we can be really hard to beat. So. Um, yeah, it's pleasing that, we, that we've wrapped up a decent number, but obviously uh, going forward, yeah, we, we, we want more of those. I
0: might have a chance to ask you after Saturday, as it's the last game, but regardless of that final result, how do you look back on the season generally? I mean, both as a whole and since, since you've become permanent manager. Um, and I'm guessing frustration will be a, a, a fairly high sentiment in, the, in that uh, summary of the season.
4: Yeah, frustrated with, with a number of things, obviously, uh, first and foremost, we haven't finished where we wanted to finish. We wanted to be up, up, up and around the uh, top two or certainly the top six, you know, to get into those playoff spots, but it wasn't to be. So uh, frustrating in that regard, obviously for me personally, you know, it'll always be the season that I look back on as my, my first in management. So um, there'll be some fondness. Uh, there'll be some really good memories of some really good wins and, Play and uh, obviously there'll be some lows as well. You know, with the, that sticky period where, where we struggle to pick up points. Well, obviously, uh, you know, I think in the in the long run it will help. So, in summary, I think it's been a real sort of up and down season, uh, frustrating as far as the, the clubs concerned, and certainly some frustrations myself, but uh, also some um, some really pleasing proud moments. You know, to, to to lead the football team,
0: and, and a lot of lessons learned as well, which is important um, for the future. I mean, I know I mean stats can um, mean a lot of things, and you can paint them in a different way. But um, you know, if you'd have been in charge, if your record had been um, there for the whole of the season, would have been closer to the playoff picture. I mean, you consider that twelve of the last fourteen goals we've scored have been from players that missed about thirty games in total, or thirty-five, I think, in total of uh, through the season. So, had they been available, who knows?
4: Yeah, I mean, I've spoken about that that a lot. You know, when, when you've got those types of players not available to you, it makes makes life a lot lot more difficult to pick up points. So, if they'd have the stayed fit, who knows? You know, the proof's in the pudding that, that when they are fit, that that we pick up results. So certainly, under myself, uh, we have uh, you know that's there for everyone to see. So. Frustrating again that, that they didn't manage to stay fit and that we had so many players out, so certainly, and especially sort of attacking ones out at, at, at the same time. But yeah, obviously, that's part of football getting injuries and stuff like that. You hope that you can ride it out. Unfortunately, because of the start that we had, you know, we couldn't afford to lose any any ground over that period and we was unable to recover. So um, that's disappointing, but obviously, you know, encouraging as well that, that we know that when we do have those guys available, that uh, we're a good side. And I'm pretty much guessing work's already started but
0: um, it's going to be a busy summer for you and the team I'm guessing that uh, it's something you've already started and uh, are you still able to have a break?
4: Yeah, yeah, I think it's important that you do have a break, you have a holiday, um, you know, you do need to to switch off from, from football for for a period. Obviously, you're always working because you need to be available, you know, on the phone, on Zooms, uh, in person, you know, if need be, as well so, um, yeah, I'll always be on call if you like, but I think it's really important as well that you do have your, you know, your downtime. Obviously, it's a, it's a tough job, stressful job at times, and you need your energy. So it's important that you know you do recharge, just like players as well. Uh, and you come back with that enthusiasm on, on day one that that
2: you need to be successful. Okay, it's always good to hear from uh, Jacko and thanks um as well to Terry as well for his questions throughout the season uh in the uh the, the pre-match press conferences. Uh, so well done to Terry. Uh, for that um it's it's been a frustrating campaign. You know there's there's no getting away from that fact. Um we have ended it slightly better which which is good I guess. It is given us a little bit of leeway. Uh, you know a a slightly more relaxed summer than it would have been if we just stayed up and there would have been questions over the manager etc etc ben but you know we're looking back at it now and look at where we were at the start of the season what the expect expectation levels were in the summer and we look at where we are now and if you'd said after we'd drawn nil nil with sheffield wednesday on the first day this is what's going to happen this season i don't think many people would have been very happy
3: No, not very happy, but kind of not surprised either. Um, If you look at our Sheffield Wednesday game, I think our season was panned out a little bit there because we acted so slow in the transfer window. We should have already had a team raring to go for that game, and, and we didn't. I remember our bench was just full of youngsters, and you just thought, blimey, if we get... I mean, our first 11 looked good, but any injuries to that first 11, we were very depleted and it took a while for the players to come in. Um, and then obviously we lost our manager. He got sacked, rightfully so, because the results just weren't good enough. We were getting thumped at home by Accrington and, and Bolton and not just losing to these guys. They they were the better side um, and Cheltenham. Uh, so it was a very disappointing start. But as I said, I, I think... That was due to a slow transfer window and not getting players in early enough. I think I remember Thomas saying stuff about we weren't uh, dealing with agents very well at the time. So from from there, I think if you would have asked me at the start of the summer, say after, well after that last game against uh, Hull, then yes, yeah, very disappointed because Nigel Adkins said this will be us next season. We'll we'll be the ones celebrating getting promotion. And uh, unfortunately, we're now looking at 12th position to try and finish in. So, yeah, really disappointed because I expected to kick on. Last season, we finished really well. I look back at that Plymouth game when we beat them 6-0. And we thought, wow, look at this team play football. Some of the goals that night are brilliant. And it and it's Plymouth in the playoffs this season, not us. So, yeah, very disappointed. But as you said, we're trying to look at the positives now towards the end of this season to hopefully fire us on to next season.
2: Mm. Is that the biggest part of it for you, Lewis? The juxtaposition between the language used in the summer and the expectation and the way that we were built up and we thought it was going to happen. And I guess as the summer wore on, it became clear that perhaps we weren't going in that direction. And then, you know, the, the difference between what it felt like we were saying as a club and then obviously what has been delivered was so stark that, that that probably has um, been, been the, one of the biggest disappointments we've had in a long time. Considering this was the season that we had the stable ownership and we felt we were actually going to push on this season. So, You know, when when we had Roland, promotion was great, but it was un- completely unexpected. Whereas this year we we came with that level of expectation that has never we, we've never come close to delivering on.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, we we set the standards out very early. Uh, with what we wanted to achieve like, as Benji said the back end of the last season was very impressive Nigel came in um and sort of we looked like a really you know a, a squad capable of of winning promotion we just missed out on the playoffs and you know as Benji said talking about you know that's going to be us next season I think we all kind of believe that it could be and I think that positivity that carried the with the new ownership with fans getting back into stadiums after covid it felt like a really you know a really positive time after all the difficulties we had been through. And then the summer comes around and we start fairly slowly. And I think at the start, we probably maybe expected that or could at least accept that because of everything that happened with COVID and and contract situations and things like that, budgets. But, you know, the recruitment really, given that there was a lot of work to be done, for me, it wasn't good enough from the off. Um, there were players that, that from the off didn't didn't hit the ground running. Um, you know, and we've we've said so many times before under previous ownerships that one of our biggest Achilles heels is not being ready in pre-season and giving ourselves that full pre-season to prepare for the season, which is what it's for. We always leave ourselves with a threadbare squad in the opening games of the campaign and then panic buying at the back end of the window when you don't get the best value anyway. And for me, a lot of mistakes were made in the recruitment this season it kind of doesn't strike true completely because I think the squad on paper, when everyone looks at it, it should be a squad capable of promotion. When you look at the players that we have, the likes of Jaden Stockley, the likes of, um, you know, Scott Fraser, now, the likes of George Dobson, the way he's come on, me um, like the, on paper, that team is one that you would expect to be in a much better position. But for whatever reason, maybe it was setting ourselves setting the standards too high for ourselves, setting the expectation levels too high, the pressure that, maybe we weren't used to I don't know and I can't put my finger on it but the campaign all in all has has been a real failure I I don't think there's any argument for that I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned by the ownership and I think there's lessons to be learned by the manager in Johnny Jackson because he's he's a young manager that's just uh, sort of plying his trade very early and I think that this is going to be you know a rebuild probably bigger even bigger than the one that we had in in 2011-12 when when Chris Powell came in and, and took over.
2: Mm. Um I mean, Lewis is talking obviously about that that disappointing start that that first thirteen games under Nigel Atkins. You know, considering, you know, as we said, the Sheffield Wednesday game it was a nil nil. You're like, okay, well, let, let's see where we are. Um, now, when you look at how far up the table Sheffield Wednesday finished, I think they started actually the season really well. That felt like, did feel like a good result at the time, but then we got into that rut and we just never seemed sure that we were going to get out of it. Um, now, it felt at times, you know, we highlighted the amount of changes that Nigel Atkins was making in games. I remember, you know, we were looking at over 20 changes in, in the course of about four games, the way these were adding up four, five, six changes a game. I mean, for, for all of the, the ills of the transfer window and, and players not being perhaps fully fit, which is something you spoke about, there was... A feeling in that first thirteen games, in particular, that I mean, Nigel didn't really know what was his best team, how he wanted this side to play. He 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 never he never nailed down what his plan was. I mean, maybe that's because the players, a lot of them came in late, and he never had that pre-season with them, which is a big part of what people talk about. But for an experienced manager like Nigel Adkins, he he must have been absolutely sort of flummoxed as to why he couldn't find something with that side that that worked Ben
3: yeah I agree and I agree with Lewis I think if you look at that team on paper it should be like at least getting in the playoffs I mean the players you got there and yeah you're right I think Nigel didn't manage it correctly in a way that Maybe he was too annoyed that these players came in too late and then he found himself a bit flustered going into games, trying to work out a formation. I mean, I've heard a lot of football podcasts in the in the past talking about how you need a good pre-season with the players you're going to hit the season with and trial a few formations out. So if your main formation isn't working, then you can fall back and go on another one. But it just didn't seem... Like Nigel had the identity of how he wanted to play. I mean, obviously that's quite clear with how Jackson wants to do things at the moment. Um, and there were times it was just baffling, like Jaden Stockley was on the bench and it's like, that's our best striker. He proved it towards the end of last season with some vital goals for us. And obviously he's hit the 20 goal mark this season. Um, and as Connor Washington said last week in an interview he did with him, he had Connor on the wing. He didn't want to play on the wing, and obviously we've seen that it does work with him and Jaden up front. So, yeah, it, it just wasn't working out, was it? And um, unfortunately, it's never a recipe for a success of the season when you sack a manager. I know it's worked out for Nottingham Forest, but um, for us, yeah, it, it it didn't start the season well. Thirteen games in, your manager goes, and the, I mean the performances were just getting worse. Uh, and obviously, Jacko had an immediate impact when he came in, and we were hoping that would kick start. But I think Lewis alluded to it earlier in his comments. It was just the inconsistency of players' performances. Uh, the team on paper looks good. As I said, that starting lineup against Sheffield Wednesday was good. But especially the midfield for me had just not been good enough. A lot of players in that midfield, performance is inconsistent, and you expect a lot better from what we'd hoped would be a, a strong midfield.
2: Mm. I mean that that moment then when when Nigel Atkins was finally part of his misery, and we had that fixture up at um, uh, Stadium of Light to to face Sunderland under Jacko. You know, I think Sunderland had won all six of their home games before that. You know, we, we went in with so little expectation, but it was amazing how quickly things clicked. Um, and, and yeah, and, and that nine game spell where Jacko was a caretaker, all of a sudden we were really on a roll, and, and you were. You know we were I think we had a thirteen point gap to make up to the playoffs when when Nigel was sacked and and we did with that course of wins narrow it down to just eight points which is you know considering how long that stretch was it was a nine game stretch and then within two games of us lose like losing two games after that it was back out to fourteen and it showed how difficult the task was going to be to get into the playoffs I mean statistically it was unlikely at the time I and mean, if you look at the, the the amount of points that the teams are going to end on in the playoffs you, you would have needed this season much higher than average 80 probably 82 83 as it stands which you know normally last 10 years you're looking at 74 75 so it's been a high quality season um and for all that hope and expectation we had during that one we would have had to kept championship winning form to have had a chance to get into the playoffs so disappointing that it never happens but the, the question then gets asked well why did we drop off after those first nine games for jackson you know that that impact he had lewis was so spectacular was it just injuries was there more at play
1: i think injuries was a massive factor i mean obviously the the striker situation wasn't ideal with with losing Jaden um because he's such a presence and that immediately puts the pressure on on players at the time like uh, josh davison like jonathan licko like um Washington obviously where you're putting a hell of a lot of pressure on them to to make up the goal tally and as Benji alluded to with the midfield the, the, the goals haven't been coming from the midfield I mean you look at our top scorers for the season Stockley and Washington are the only ones in double figures and then after that it's Anike who joined us in January you know there's been no contribution from the midfield so we couldn't rely on those people um, to, to fill the void left by Jaden. and also I think that there was maybe a little bit of naivety in the tactics because as Benji said, in a pre-season, you, you try out different systems. And if that system doesn't work, then you change it. And I think one of the criticisms since Johnny's taken over is that the the five at the back, you know, whatever we want to call it, has three sometimes, the yeah, the three at the back, the five at the back, whatever we want to call it, has sometimes uh, been a tad uh, stubborn, I suppose. There, there have been games where maybe it's it's notably not been working. And when we've made substitutions we've not made substitutions and changed the system. We've changed, you know, we've just changed the personnel and, and maybe they've not been the best personnel suited to that system. You know, Johnny's inherited a squad from from Nigel that was brought in to play a completely different way. And maybe at times we, we should have changed it around to try and make ourselves a little bit, you know, more surprising. You know, people figured out how we were going to play after those initial impact games we had, you know, from Sunderland onwards up until sort of late December when the injuries really hit people sussed us out and, and there was no plan B it was like well we know Charlton are going to line up like this and we know this is how they're going to do it one because these are the players they have to do it and they can't do anything else and two because that's all they've done and it, it felt a little bit like we weren't you know turning up and surprising teams sometimes it was all very close to the chest under Bowyer we, we sort of Adapt and play ways to you know we'd go away from home and we'd adapt to another another system to try and suit our opponents. But this time we we've, we've stuck very stubborn and I think that has been our downfall in some of the games. But you know Jacko is a new manager coming in. You know I'm fully behind him for next season. I think you know the summer is key and critical, and it does ring true massively of how you know it's very similar. I think we've said before it's deja vu of when Pauli took over, where. You know, you look back at that Dagenham game and the low of that and how we kicked on. You know, there's been so many times at the latter stage of this season where it's that's felt almost like deja vu and we've had that low again. But, you know, he needs time to to bring in the players that suit his system and and implement what he wants. And, you know, I think as Benji said, you can't, I think you sack a manager partway through a season a lot of the time. You're not really on to anything successful because it's not your team to to adapt and do what you like with and i don't think the recruitment in january helped either
2: Mm. obviously any sort of excuses that the the club could have had this year so i mean and and, and it's probably a stretch to try and say this so when when thomas came in it was the end of that transfer window where there was a few days there was a wage cap there was a you know a, a mismatch of a squad um and then so that 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 i don't want to write that year off because we came close you know we weren't far off getting into the playoffs but that was sort of like a, it felt like a bit of a bonus. Whereas this summer we were, we the expectation levels were really high. Um, I guess on paper you'd allow an owner, you know, a summer to under, start to learn how it works, um, start to gauge maybe the quality of the division, um, that sort of stuff. And where and it has been a disaster. And, and this is the year where lessons must have been must be learnt. Um, you know so a- anyone who's going to give him any leeway and-, and a lot of fans won't and-, and understandably so because as I said our expectation levels were extremely high coming into this season uh, I certainly thought we'd be doing better and-, and you know massively disappointing that we haven't but if there were any any way you're going to forgive any year you're going to forgive him it's sort of going to be this one and this year has to be the one where he nails it. it has to be 100% perfect and we've been asking the question for a few weeks now and and I guess Ben We've got to this point now. Do you feel any more confident that this year is going to be better? Are you going to have to see how the summer runs? But at the same time, you're looking at some of these you know, appointments behind the scenes. Are we sure that they're going to be the right people to, to put us in the right place? Are you going into this summer with a lower level of expectation? I mean, don't forget that Thomas has said that we'll be aiming for top two, and that is where we should be aiming. Uh, he hasn't gone this year and said we're going to blow it out of the water, which is obviously a, a comment that's come back to haunt him massively um, from last summer. Um, how, what are your expectation levels going into this year? Do you believe that Thomas, as an owner, and Jacko as a boss, and and the backroom staff, and Martin Sangard in the background, do you feel like the the right people are in place to deliver on what we hope this year?
3: Uh, oh, that's a big it's question. okay to say
2: you don't know, isn't it? I guess that is the situation we're in, but it's at the same time, are you confident? Is a different thing to knowing.
3: Well. Judging on last season, I, I'm not too confident. Um, but then I look at some of the transfers we did bring in last summer, the likes of George Dobson, who obviously will be crowned player of the year on Sunday, Sean Clare, signing and Stockley up to a permanent deal. I think McGilvray was a decent replacement for Ben Amos, Sam Lavelle, decent. But it just wasn't enough of those players. And I think, obviously, I said earlier, I think Sandgard said, oh, if fiddling it out with the agents and wasn't being held to ransom by what they were saying. Um, you just really hope now that he's learned from that. And as I said earlier as well, I think we acted way too slow. And Jack Jaco said in his press conference today that we will start to, as soon as the Ipswich game ends, we are looking to do business and, and try and sort out next season as, as soon as possible. And I really hope the case. I mean, look, you've got someone there, Jackson, that's been promoted from this league as a assistant manager. He's been promoted as a player, as the captain. So he knows what it takes. He knows the personnel you need to get around, uh, the camaraderie amongst the players, having a good bunch of players on a pre-season trip, uh, getting that bond going and all of that stuff. So I think having him there is good. He's experienced Uh, He knows what it takes to get up from this division. Um, I know Lewis said earlier he thinks it might be a bigger job than under Chris Powell, but I don't see that as much. I I think we've got a good spine to the squad, as as we said earlier. The clean sheets as well. I know a lot of the defence are either out of contract or whatever, but if if you said to me now that Sean Clare, Lavelle, McGillivray are going to be part of that defence first game of next season, I'd be happy with that. Uh, Dobson sitting in front just adding to that but yeah look it's ah oh, it, the proof will be in the pudding as they say but hopefully we do act as, as early as possible and pick up some good free transfers as we did with someone like George Dobson uh, McGillvary, and um and can kick on am I hopeful uh I think there still needs to be another position at the club that someone who else is a bit more experienced um you mentioned Martin Sangard, I'm not going to sit here and have a go at him or anything like that because I don't think he's done much to have a go at yet. But if there's some uh, a more experienced person there, hopefully Gallon gets given the reins a bit more and, and is able to point us in the right direction because we know with that year we went up with Lee Bowyer. He got in some great players, especially loans that season. So, which, as Lewis just said, January window was very disappointing for loans. Uh and we've done well with the loans before. When you think of Bellick and Cullen, uh, Jade to Silver in years gone by, and this year our loans have been very poor. So mm. I think, yeah, that's to be worked on definitely.
2: There we go. Right, well we've had a a quick look back at the season as we go into the final game uh, of the campaign. We'll speak more of course at the uh, Player of the Year dinner uh, this Sunday. Uh, So keep your eyes peeled for that special pod that will be dropping at some point overnight uh, on Sunday where we'll be uh, packed with player interviews as well. Always uh, my favourite show uh, of the season up with the uh, the Christmas special and uh, be the first time we've actually had an in-person player of the year dinner since 2019 I think since the playoff final season so it should be uh, an interesting one looking uh, looking forward to getting back out there right something that uh, good that has happened uh, this week Deji Aleraway uh, was awarded with the EFL League One Apprentice uh, of the Year there was a fancy dinner uh, on uh, I think it was Sunday night that, that he had that or that might have been Monday night so he was uh, given the award uh, he was there as was Steve Avery uh, as well, the two of them uh, were asked uh, about the award. First up is Deji uh, on uh, how it feels to get that that particular award. I oh, no, it feels great,
5: honestly. Like I was nervous at the start, but now when I got it, I feel oh, amazing. Yeah, let's yeah.
6: so talk about you, know, sort of on the pitch that you played quite a few minutes this season. How has that been, sort of adjusting to uh, the first team?
5: No, it's been it's a real good finish a because playing 18s and stuff, it's very good, but first team is very different. I don't think the gaffer, uh, Joe Jackson, and um, also the old man gaffer, Man uh, Jack, giving me opportunities to play. I think you
6: were under-18's captain as well. Yeah, do you, what, what qualities do you think you have that you, you know you were able to get that sort of honour?
5: Yeah, I think I lead my team well. I think I use my voice um, to lead players and bring, bring, bring up players in my team as well. My um, also my, my height kind of helps me as well. Like when I talk to people, they kind of try try not, they kind of understand it a lot. And also being a centre-back as well kind of helped me to lead the team from the front.
6: Yeah, obviously off the pitch as well, you know, part of this award is about the work that you yeah. do in the classroom. Uh, how have you found you know, that side of things?
5: I found a very, very good testament to um, Joe Francis, head of education at Charlton. He's very helped, helped push me to do A-level maths as well and also do very well in the VTechs course as well.
6: Yeah, so obviously A-levels, yeah. not many apprentices yeah. take on the A-level as well. How have you found that balance?
5: Um, at first it was very stressful to be honest. But after a while, you get used to it, and I have found it very good because doing A levels always adds stuff to your
6: remix. Yeah. Does that help to actually have a distraction away from the game that you've, you've got something to focus on?
5: Yeah, definitely. Because when you do when, you, when you're doing A level maths, you don't have to you don't, you don't have that much free time. So it's also like basically like being at school again. So you're just doing maths to at the end goal, do an exam and get a grade. Hmm.
6: I know the club has quite a good personal development, life skills sort of program as well. How have those sort of workshops and sessions been? Yeah, we
5: do player care, which is led by um, Bradley, well, my player care officer, which is also, Steve is also there as well. Um, it's, really, it's really helpful for us because it helps us to understand how a player is, is um, useful and how, and how to like, take care of your body your well-being and
6: mentally as well. Yeah, I guess that sort of building you
7: as a person as well as a player. Yeah, it does yeah. Who would have known that this time last year, to achieve what he has done at first team level, uh, and then come back at the end of this season to be considered for the first team after quite a lengthy layoff with with a knee injury? So, uh, an up and down year in some respects, but he'll he'll only be reflecting on what has been uh, a huge step in terms of his uh, career pathway and this award isn't just about on the pitch uh, activity as well uh, role model off the pitch too he absolutely is He's a role model to his his peers uh, within his group uh, because he's such a such a consistent individual day in day out in terms of his dedication uh, his willingness to learn and practice hard um, there's never too many. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's a very stable uh, individual. And I think that will stand him in good stead throughout his career. And a tribute to the environment he's in and the people he works with. Yes, indeed. Because uh, this is not just about uh, what you've achieved through the football staff's input, but through the, the education, which Joe Francis uh, has contributed to enormously with him. Um, the player care side of the club as well. Uh, that I know Deji buys into uh, enormously well uh, in terms of the mental qualities that are required to become a professional footballer. So uh, he's been in our environment since under 12. So again, he's another example of our belief in long-term development for players. uh, And It's so so rewarding when you get somebody come through from such a young age as Deji, right through to where he is now. And and, uh, listen, he's got a lot more to develop and he knows that, but he will.
2: Yeah, really well done to, to Deji Eleraway. Um, You know, he's, he's, a, he's a young man, isn't he? When, when he's a player of his age, you know, he just came into absolute life in in the, um, the pre-season, really. I, w- I was at Fulham on uh, Tuesday night working and it reminded me of that pre-season game we had there uh, where he came on for the last 15-20 minutes, if I remember rightly, and was marking uh, Mitrovic. Uh you know it must have been some experience for for him and he, and he's gone on to make you know made a handful of of uh league one appearances free off the bench. Uh, two starts in the f a Cup, one start in the league cup and and four starts in the Papa johns along with a, a substitute appearance as well so i mean that, that you ease him in at this stage, Lewis, but you must be so pleased with how how his the start of his career is going we 've got him on a contract didn 't we in the summer um and, and really one for the future but again it 's just another sort of feather in the cap of of the uh the Charlton Academy and how they bring through the scholars when they're 're sort of at that age.
1: Yeah 100%. I think he's been, you know, he's been great the the times we've seen him. He's very confident you think for his age and as you say that experience playing at Fulham at pre-season marking a player like Mitrovic who's gone on to score 40 plus goals this season um and play well against him as well is um is a real a real testament and like you say another another um recognition for our fantastic academy and and he's somebody that I hope that we see you know, next season we're talking about it already. You know, hopefully we see him in and around the first team a bit more. Um, hopefully he gets a preseason um under him as well with the first team and it's but you know, as Benji said, we're we're short on defenders already for next season with with players out of contract, etc. We don't know who's gonna be staying. So, you know, there could be a more of a role for him next season if, if he has a decent preseason. So yeah, really happy for Deji. Definitely deserved. It
2: excellent stuff right let's have a break here on charlton live at the big match preview when we come back we'll come to your messages uh, including your free word reviews of the campaign
1: one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes
2: nice dress uh it's a it's a
5: t-shirt
1: until you tried it on same goes for your health care
0: him momentarily, tries a difficult ball, finds Gilby super work, Gilby turns inside can he finish? Yes he can! Super goal from John, just when you thought that ball from Lee was too complicated too difficult, he picks out Alex Gilby, Does superb superbly well to hold his man off, and drills it to the right hand side, his right hand side, gives Wharton no chance at all and Charlton, surely now put a game to bed. Charlton Line.
2: Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We're looking ahead to Saturday's uh, final game of the season up at Ipswich uh, in a few moments' time. But as it is, like the, the coming into the culmination uh, of the season, I thought it is a good time uh, to start to have a look at what some people had to say. We did have we do have an email from uh, Duncan actually. who just wanted. Uh, uh, to have a, a quick uh, message as well over the weekend and, and there is there is one question in here which is answered towards the end of it uh, it said bewildered by Jackson and uh, not giving Canu, uh longer and um, uh, why did he put him on the bench if he's not going to bring on for 10 minutes so um, th- there is a uh, part of that which will uh, be answered later on in the show Duncan because I've got that that question later on to play he says angry at supporters who jeered and taunted the keeper uh, on Saturday it was obvious to me that something serious had happened uh, they were 1-0 down Wales would he go to the ref and stop play uh, if he heard racist? And I applaud the stance he took him for the ref uh, for refusing to start play until the supporter uh, was removed. Now, obviously, we know since this email has been sent that the, the wrong supporter was removed and it is still being uh, investigated. But he says there's been a worrying trend uh, in behaviour as some of our fans in the lower covered end uh, with objects being thrown at opposition players as well uh, in previous games. He says fingers crossed for the next season, uh, both on and off the pitch. And that's from Duncan. Thank you uh, very much for your dunk, uh, for your message there, Duncan. Right, so three word reviews uh, of the campaign. Now, this is uh, a bit of fun. I thought it would be a nice way to sort of look back at uh, the season and, and keep things brief. So just uh, bear in mind that some of them are a little blue as well. So um, you may hear the beat machine coming out uh, a few times. But let's have a look at some of them. So Simon said uh, it was an improvement without Nigel. I think that's fair. Uh, Helena says we must try harder. Uh, although then adds that they have, she has re- uh, renewed her season ticket Ever The Optimist. Uh, ben says uh, over and then undelivered. Uh, Essex addict says addicts to mediocrity, uh, which I think is fair. Will says overpromised, promised uh, under-delivered as well. Uh, Spenny uh, says average at best. Uh, Michael says positivity, disappointment, positivity. Uh, Callum says absolutely f***ing painful. Um, uh, Chris Collingwood says uh, Baby sham, not champagne Uh, Sam Latchford said False promise uh, lies Uh, uh, John uh, says Disappointing Which is one way of uh, splitting up one word Into three words Emma says uh, could be better Although then did add her game too, which of course we had on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, Emma and Tash talking about that. Glenn says it was a load of rubbish. Lord Les has sort of cheated a little bit because he sent in four free word reviews, so he sent in effectively a 12 word review, but he says up and down, waste of time, pile of sh** up the attics. Uh, Neil says uh, hallelujah, uh, it's over. Uh, Dean says absolute dog shit. Uh, long painful Dobson that's from Jono I don't know if I hope he's not showing off about the, the length of, of his Dobson I hope it doesn't hurt too much um, uh, Vic says a letdown uh, Martin said should do better uh, the fifth man says underwhelming that's it uh, CFC facts and stats says not so good uh, Steve Kennedy says where's Niall John and uh, Jonathan Grade uh, says could do uh, better. Oliver says it could have been worse, which it could, it could be worse, I guess, but it, it certainly could have been a lot better. Um, and uh, Elizabeth uh, has emailed in as well. It was uninspiring, unpredictable and unimaginative as well. And then uh, adds, keep up the good work, boys. Love the show. Uh, we've really needed it this season as the football has been so boring. Season tickets bought. The triumph of hope over adversity. Uh, we must do a better next season, surely. Right? So your free word reviews uh, of the campaign. Boys, I don't know if you've had a chance to think of your free word reviews. I mean, it's a tough one to sum up. I was expecting a few more times I'd have to get the bleep machine out because it has been such a disappointing campaign. Um, but... If you could sum it up in three words, Lewis, which way would you go? Oh,
1: uh, disappointing, underwhelming, and shit.
2: <laughs> that, That's probably <laughs> fair. Um, ben, I mean, uh, Craig Redman's just added poor transfer activity. That does yeah, arguably sum up part of the problem. Uh, ben, if you had to sum it up in three words yourself?
3: I'd say slow, because the start of season, transfer... What about 15 words already? Uh, Slow, inconsistent Dobson. (laughs) There we go. On a
2: positive. Yeah. That
1: sounds like that's what Nigel Adkins thought of George Dobson, actually.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that is one of the big questions. I we try maybe if we get George on on uh, Sunday at the Player of the Year, then we will try and put him on the spot. But I mean that does that does pose the question. And we we spoke about earlier, Lewis, about Nigel Atkins sort of decision making at times and not knowing his best side. But it's a bit weird that he couldn't look like a gift horse in the mouth when it came to George Dobson.
1: It's honestly it's the most baffling thing I think to come out of the entire season, which is saying something. But for I mean fair play to to george dobson because you know he's, he came back into that side under jacko and you know i think this it's probably got to be the most one-sided player of the year argument for uh, as long as i can remember so i don't know what adkins didn't see in him but you know johnny's seen it and it's been you know the benefit's been with us and if he wins the award on sunday which i think he will then it's it's totally deserved i'm, I'm a massive massive fan of george dobson
2: yeah, it certainly has a, had a, a very impressive season. Now, also on Sunday, before the uh, Player of the Year dinner, uh, there is a game of women's football uh, at the ground. Charlton women are taking on uh, Durham at the Valley. Beth and Ella Rutherford, were asked to look ahead to the game.
8: It's a massive opportunity for us to play at the home of Charlton. And being sat here right now, um, you know, it's starting to feel real. Um, so, yeah, I'm really privileged and really excited to, to play here. Being as a one-club approach, um, it's nice to now come under that and be able to play here and hopefully get as many fans down as possible. Um, but it's also a massive thanks to the club and to Thomas for getting that sorted for us. Um, it's a nice pitch and it's all what we want to play on. Like We want to play on services like that. It's massive to look back from 20 years from now. Um, you know, the Games' going is such a great direction for such young players. Um, it's such a privilege to be a professional athlete now, um, and we can call ourselves that. And it's amazing to be able to play in stadiums like this. This is what, you know, you live for, this is the dream. Growing up as a kid, I never imagined that I would be able to play in full stadiums or even just stadiums in themselves. Like That was a dream, that was something I... It was a picture that I never imagined I would get to. So to be sat here now, playing in a stadium, um, in front of our fans, is just a dream come true we're a team that if you haven't watched us already this season we bring intensity we bring hard work and we're really together as a team so we'd love you all to come down to the valley to see us perform we would love for you to be a part of what we are building and to be here at home the home of Charlton Right, come down support
2: us. There we go. That's Beth and Ella looking ahead to the game. So, two o'clock kickoff at the Valley uh, this coming Sunday. So, if you come in your finery, you could go to the, the women's game and then go on to the uh, Player of the Year dinner as well, maybe with a stopover in the uh, the Royal Oak in between. Um, yeah, sort of uh, an interesting season for them as well, Lewis, actually, when you think about it, because, again, they, they were probably – suffering a little bit with the amount of expectation there was because they started off well then they had a real low in the middle but since the turn of the year other than maybe that run where they played Liverpool twice and lost to Palace they, they've looked really good um so yeah perhaps a transition season for them it's fair to say yeah I, I think
1: that's the a fair comparison to be honest I think you know a, a lot of expectation with you know with Karen Hills coming in the team going full-time and professional and you know, as you said, I, I commentated on the on the first game of the season. I thought they were outstanding against Coventry, and there have been some really impressive performances throughout the season. But you know, in a division where Liverpool have really been run away, you look at the rest of the division. It's fairly tight, to be honest. With with Charlton, sort of seven, what they seven points off second place, and they're sitting in seventh. So it's been quite a quite a yeah, as you say, a transition season, I think. And there'll be some work done in the summer by Karen Matish and the team, and. Yeah, I think I think they can be proud of it because, as you say, transitions are very difficult. Um, you know, it can be quite a quite a difficult thing and keeping up of expectation and, you know, women's football is becoming more and more competitive now. And, um, you know, the standard is increasing massively. And I think that's reflected, you know, every every single game by our girls. I think they've been fantastic and I'm looking forward to see how they can get on next season.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ben, as someone who went down to a game, I think for the first time uh, when he went down this season, um, what were your sort of reflections on it? It's slightly, you know, it's just a different standard of football to what uh, the men's team is. That's just that's just the way it is at the moment. But for people who haven't been down there before, it's, um, you know, I, I enjoy going down there. How did you find it?
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great place to watch football as well. I went on a really sunny day and you uh, stood up on the hill bit in the corner. Had a lovely little burger as well um yeah i went a couple times the season before it was quite um yeah quite good fun um i thought the quality of football was good actually uh a tear i found it very end-to-end kind of exciting football uh but yeah I, I actually i saw a couple really good goals when i went i think it was ella rutherford scored a couple of screamers um so yeah i i wouldn't i would would say to everyone get down there. and and watch I should should have gone a few more times actually being a bit close um but I think do you know what I think because we've been so disappointed with the men's team on a Saturday it's hard to then get get the uh positivity to get down and watch the women's on Sunday but hopefully I'll be there Sunday i get a decent crowd because of as we've seen in the worldwide game I think Barcelona sold out their stadium for a women's game against uh Wolfsburg in the Champions League the other week which is like incredible so it's only getting bigger and bigger and obviously we've made some positive changes this season. We're turning uh, turning pro, uh, Thomas has put some money in, they've got some good players in. Um, yeah, I think they'll look back at this season and, and I think it was a positive season. At one point I looked and they were second uh, going into playing that Liverpool game. But as you said, they ended up playing the best side in the league twice in two weeks. So I probably knocked a bit of confidence out of them. But, uh, no, yeah, definitely uh, pop down there again next season. Of course, us sponsoring the captain, although she didn't play too much, did she, with her injury. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they can kick on again next season. I think Leicester are getting relegated, aren't they? So, it'd be a, the Liverpool probably shouldn't have been in there, the money they were spending compared to the rest of the team. So, hopefully it'll be a little easier league for them next year.
2: Excellent stuff. Right, let's uh, have a look ahead then to the final game uh, of the season. We've spoken about the campaign uh, as a whole, but we do have to finish it off with a a tricky looking away tie uh, at Ipswich Town. Another side, I'd say, who would be very disappointed with how their campaign uh, has turned out, considering if we sort of hark back to last, uh, last summer, we were speaking about them and Wigan being the uh, the big spenders. Now, Wigan, not quite mathematically promoted yet, but they will be going up and probably uh, as champions. Um, but Ipswich haven't had that season uh, by any stretch of the imagination. They're only going to finish uh, ahead of us um, by one place, I think it is, as it stands, um, hopefully if we win. Uh, but a few more points than us. But, yeah, certainly 13 points shy uh, of the playoffs uh, as it stands as well. So not the campaign they were hoping for. Johnny Jackson, though, it's looking at our last uh, nine games where we've won six uh, and drawn one, ending in a little bit of good form, and he wants that to continue as we go into the final day at Portman Road. Yeah, we just want to
4: continue a decent run of form. We're, you know, we've had a strong finish, one six out of the last nine, so it um, be nice to make that seven out of ten. Uh, tricky game. Yeah, they're obviously not on a, on a brilliant run, but um, certainly they have improved, I think, since since Kieran's got in there, and a uh, sort of completely different outfit as far as... Um, you know the style of play and uh, the way they play, the the way that the formation that that they that they use as well to to what went before. So it'll be a different game to the to the one at the Valley. There'll be a lot of dis- different um, personnel as well. But yeah, so it's, it's a good game. I think it'll be a good game. Obviously, they're a big club at this level. It'll be a, be a big crowd. I know we're taking uh, a big crowd out there as well. And um, yeah, they will mean will be uh, they've got nothing to lose there as far as. Um, league placing goes neither have we so um, should have the makings of a good game and uh, how's the squad shaping up any of the injured players back in time for the last game of the season or, or are you pretty much as we were uh, Elliot lee um been involved in some training so we'll make a decision on that um, yeah beyond that uh, Elliot, Elliot could be available to us but uh, purrington is still likely to miss out Scotty Fraser is still likely to miss out but the uh, Corey was obviously um, ill, but he's fine now. He's trained all week, so um, yeah, that's the update.
2: There we go. Good to hear from Jacko ahead. So, I mean, team news wires should hopefully have Blackett Taylor back an outside chance that. Um, Elliot Lee will be back as well, considering he's, um, you know, he's, he's been out for a while. He didn't have the, the greatest of, of loan spells. He started off okay, but then tailed away. So I don't know if we'll see him. But, I mean, what are your aims going into this final game? I mean, how how important is it for us to finish 12th? It's not that important, really, Lewis. But, I mean, it'd be nicer than finishing 13th or 14th. Yeah,
1: yeah, it would. You know, to finish that top half, as much as, as the season's been incredibly underwhelming, you know, it's better than, at least you can say, it, you achieved that top half finish, which... As, as goals go, it's not great, is it? But, you know, I think the main thing would be to go up to, to Portman Road at the weekend and get a big result for the fans because there's there's a huge crowd going up there. As far as I'm aware, right, I think over 1,600 fans are travelling up there um, on Saturday. So that's going to be a you know great atmosphere, great day out uh, for them. So it'd be nice for them to be rewarded for the support throughout the season, really, but for Saturday as well um, with a decent performance and a decent victory. Um It'll be a tough game because I think Ipswich are a great side. You know, they've had an underwhelming season themselves, but I think it'll be a transition with with the new manager coming in sort of part way through a bit like us. Um obviously very highly rated. They did a lot of you know spent a lot of money in the summer on players. It's maybe not worked out. Um so they'll be I think probably a very, very similar position to us this summer. I think there'll be a lot of work done behind the scenes and and a new manager uh that's in there that that will want to stamp their you know, stamp their mark on the team going forward. So yeah, it'd be a good good way to end the season. I think if we'd have had a better season, both of us, it would have been a, a really good final day, wouldn't it? If we both had something to play for, but it hasn't worked out that way.
2: Mm, yeah, it would have been a really fascinating game. Like I say, if uh, if maybe there was a playoff place on the line or something, or or, or even if Ipswich had, had had a better season and they were at least going for something, but it's not it's not going to be the case. But it would be interesting to see sort of how much we can gauge from this game about how how we might sort of balance off against each other next season, Ben, because I mean, when we played them earlier on in the campaign, we absolutely wiped the floor with them. Uh, You know, we remember one of their defenders, I can't remember which one, one who ended up leaving the club, had an argument with their fans at the, at the final whistle, um this was uh, shortly after Paul Cook had been sacked so uh, it was sort of while they're in this transition period before McKenna came in and, and he has done a very good job uh, since he's taken over there but I, I guess considering both squads are going to need a rebuild you know especially ours I don't know if we can gauge too much about how we're going to fare next season based off this performance but it could be a way to lay down a marker of sorts I guess on Saturday
3: Yeah, it'd be nice to take some positives away, just like we did last Saturday. I mean, the first half, it was two teams on the beach, wasn't it, against Shrewsbury? But um, in the second half, we took positives from Jaden scoring a really good header, Chuck scoring a good header, and Albie Morgan putting in two terrific deliveries into the box and are scoring from them. So if we can, again, take any positivity from the game, it'll be good, as you said, They'll probably be a promotion rival next season. Uh, their manager's done really well since he's come in. So I'm sure he'll be looking at different players in different positions. And as as that uh, email came in earlier, I would like to see someone like Daniel who get more than two minutes spell at the end of a game. If we can give him a little 20 minute run out at the end and... Just see what he can do. Because his goal record this season is phenomenal. I mean, I'd love to see the youth stats from our academy from the last 20 years and see if anyone's hit that tally before. I doubt it. Um, So, yeah, we'd love to see his uh, great work throughout this season get given a go. And he's talking about Deji earlier. I mean, if if he could start, that would be great. I know, obviously, there's a position there because... Unfortunately, Sean Clare's had to have some treatment. Um, so if he could start alongside someone like Jason Pearce, who's given him the experience and helped him along during the game, that could give us some uh, hope going into next season as well. And as we said, that midfield position's just not been good enough. Albie's had a good game last week to assists. We're always waiting for Albie to kick on and make his performances more consistent. So... We have a, a good performance from Albie that will be positive going into next season but yeah a win would be nice um not not going there ever hopeful as we have had some uh inconsistent away performances of late of especially beating Rotherham, drawing with Wimbledon and um I can't even remember what we did last I'm time going out, to beat but... on
2: Cambridge as well but yeah, we yeah, yeah, it's been, it's came a Hit and miss on the road, hasn't it? I mean, it is, it is good that you mentioned uh the Daniel Carney situation, because we can segue now into that into that question. I asked Jacko in the press day earlier. You know, it's um, I, I was pleased to see him get on the pitch against um against Shrewsbury last weekend. You know, it was it was only for one minute, and Jacko was saying, you know, it's to get him that experience of being on the pitch at full time when we've won a game and he didn't he did enjoy that. We spoke I spoke about that with Jacko after the game uh on on saturday then i had a couple of tweets by the time i got home from fans saying yeah why didn't he get longer why didn't he get longer so i thought well if that's what uh, you guys want to know i did put it to jacko during the press day uh today just to ask him if there's any chance that he might get you know maybe maybe 10 minutes 20 minutes a bit of playing time rather than just being on the pitch uh this is what johnny had to say
4: i think it's important that you know with with danny's he's a bright young player that's that's done well at under 18 level uh only really just made the step to twenty threes and, and and he's doing okay, but you know we can't get carried away. He's a, he's a young player uh, that, that's not ready for league football yet. So uh, he might he might have an opportunity to be involved, but you know it's uh, he's still got a lot of lot of growing, a lot of learning to do, a lot of experiences still needed to gain before we you know we're ready to, to make that step up. So uh, yeah, we, we'll see what happens with him at the weekend.
2: There we go. I, I guess we have to find that right balance between a, it's an end of season game, so who really cares? But b, we we don't want to chuck him on into a game where he's going to feel really out of depth. And don't forget, he's you know he's behind Mason Burstow in the pecking order as it stands, and Mason's been out of his depth at times this season. You know that's been clear. When a young man goes into senior football, it does stand out, Lewis. And and we don't. It's almost like we don't want to risk that with Daniel. But at the same time, well, yeah, we're going into summer now. What have we got to lose?
1: Yeah, I think it is a case of, you you know, you don't want to bloody the people too early because we've seen it happen uh, time and time again. But as we said, there's nothing really to play for. So I wouldn't mind seeing Daniel Karnou sort of, you know, ahead in the pecking order. Uh, cause, you know, Mason's, Mason's leaving us in the summer. You know, he's going to be going to Chelsea. You don't know if he's going to come back next season on loan or you don't know what's going to happen. So if we're going to start preparing for next season, you need to utilise the players that are going to be here next year. You know, use this as an opportunity to to play a system you might want to next year with the players you have in mind about keeping uh, and see how they get on. I, I think we need to prioritise that now. Um, so yeah, you know, for me, I'd like I'd like Carney to get to get more minutes. I, you know, I can't see him taking taking Stockley or, or Washington at the starting eleven, but I'd, you know, I'd like to see as Benji said, get get Dan Carney in there for you know twenty minutes, half an hour or so, because you know we've got nothing to lose. And the same with Deji, I wouldn't mind seeing Deji get some minutes either.
2: Yeah, I mean we've got um a good travelling support going up. I think we sold out our allocation uh for you know for what is a dead rubber and I think I said it on Saturday. You know, our support this year has been absolutely fantastic, you know, especially considering I mean this is the first year back from Covid which now at the end of it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, I'm glad that we've forgotten what it's like to play behind closed doors because it was so dull. Um, not that the football's been great at times this year, but at least we've had some atmosphere. At least we've had people in the ground. And you know whoever's going up there on Saturday, it's a chance to you know, get up there nice and bright and early. There's, there's plenty of nice places to go for a booze in, um, in Ipswich as well. And just to celebrate the fact that we've had a season at least where we've all been back together and enjoying ourselves again.
3: Yeah, Ipswich is a great away day. Um, well, I've been there with you quite a few times, got some good memories. Ricardo Fuller scoring a good goal. Jackson Neeslide in the last minute. As you said, they've got the uh, harbour there where it's nice to have a few drinks. But yeah, definitely positive that we've had a, a season that we've been able to go along to games, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy chatting to friends afterwards. I've been enjoyed me and Lewis uh, interviewing fans after because that's what I miss most. I think after a game, you kind of could just turn off the telly and not have that debrief afterwards and chat to people and all that kind of stuff. And and the Northern away days, love them as well. We've enjoyed a few good ones, Sunderland, Burton. But as we said, the disappointing factor, I've never felt this season that you kind of gone, oh, I can't wait for it. If we win today, we're going to get in those playoffs or we're pushing for top two just been a bit flat in terms of that and a lot of the uh, teams around us locally your your m words your dirty nigels and your west ham have all all had big games and to look forward to Uh, since lockdown we haven't really had those games where we've really been looking forward to so hope that's probably what will make me miss it in three months time that we just been looking forward to football for so long and haven't had those games where you really look excited to so can't wait for uh well in a way i'll be buzzing for that one
2: mm, yeah excellent stuff well it's one last radio on the weekend make sure you enjoy yourselves if you're heading up uh, to portman road Uh, sign off the season hopefully with a bang at least we'll be signing it off putting a line underneath it uh, and uh, bringing a disappointing campaign uh, to an end right thanks uh, for those of you who've listened to to this evening's show don't forget then on Sunday uh, we'll be uh, recording our podcast at the player of the year dinner so don't don't worry about sending in emails or tweets or anything uh, during the show because we won't be doing that we'll have loads of interviews uh, with uh, with players and and hopefully the manager as well Uh, so it's always a a good way to sign off the season so if you're at the dinner as well make sure you come over and say hello to us uh, we'll be obvious uh where we are because we'll, we'll be the lot with the microphones and that so i uh, look forward to seeing you there thank you to everyone who did send a message uh, into today's show thank you to ben and lewis cheers mate cheers lads good to speak to the pro of I'll see you on uh, sunday and thanks to everyone who's tuned in uh, to the big match preview uh this season i hope you've enjoyed it i'm louis Mendes. we'll see you one last time uh, on sunday <laughs>